Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dave Clay. Yours truly. I enjoy stories, accountings, not just stories. Stories sound as if, (laughs) too much as if they could just be simply made up. Um, I enjoy historical accountings, facts, where there are then tellings, reports, where good overcomes evil. So, (laughs) that may be a bit naive, at least in presentation, as much Good doesn't always seem to overcome evil. It may be a bit immature, some might say, simply because it's very difficult to determine good from evil. For, as to quote Pontius Pilate, what is truth? But there's just something about good overcoming evil that... I believe, at least for me, will always resonate. But it is also then very much necessary to determine what good is and with that, what truth is. And so I go to the Bible. That is my reference. That is my rock, my my, uh, cornerstone, my due north for my compass my I guess point of all references my ground zero my identity for the sake then of not only enjoying stories of good overcomes evil but to know always what is good and what is right And I must confess, as much as I know the Word of God allows me that, if not gives me that for that very purpose and reason, all of my counseling, all the specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling is equally predicated upon that very base premise, solid rock foundation, the Word of God, so that I might know not only good from evil, but right from wrong. And I suppose I should say that. I use good and right synonymously. As well as good, right, and God. <laughs> All three go right there together. And Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. Now, should I be the judge of that solely? No. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. It is the Word of God presented as with the mind of God, but it is the living Old Testament. But it is the living Word of God, New Testament, where the Holy Spirit is truly as much manifest in Old Testament, manifest in me and alive to help me make this discernments and judgments because of the very point that I'm trying to chase down on today's podcast is... If it weren't for the Holy Spirit, even with the Word of God, even with the reference point, even with that being my foundation, my central soul 
<laughs> Point of reference. The beginning. Knowing the end from the beginning. The beginning of all things that are good and right in my life and godly. I will still mess it up. Second Samuel. Chapter 23. David's last prophetic words, beginning with verse 1. Now these are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house is not... So with God, yet he hath made me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he maketh it not to grow. But the worthless men shall be all of them as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands." But the man who shall touch them must be armed with iron and the staff of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place. I admire David. Speaking of King David. Speaking of a man after God's own heart. Speaking of the chosen one of God Speaking of then in Old Testament, possibly the closest presentation of Christ that we're going to see or is able to be seen. I know that that's a bit of a reach. You could probably or possibly make a case for any of those sentinel characters that we all should admire who were inclined to do God's work or called and thus inclined themselves to be hearers and doers of the word in literal context. But as much David and his last words in some sort of prophetic dimension speaks to anything, it wasn't only his house, it was all of our house as humans. And it is true, we're all of the house of humanity. And you can say, well... That's really a little bit of a misrepresentation of the concept that speaks to not only the word of God as presented to the Hebrew people, but God's chosen people. The idea that it was Israel, it was Jacob, it uh, (laughs) was intentioned for them to be first and foremost Persons after God's own heart, and therein the Gentiles who are outside of that house, and with that specifically all the different peoples of the world that were not of the singular lineage. 
of Adam all the way through to Jesus and thereafter. And I don't disagree with that. God obviously made that clear in the word. I I guess I don't disagree with that, not only in, once again, fact, truth sort of terms, but I don't know that I have a problem with that, with me being a Gentile, as far as I know. Um, If only because I'm not sure that, again, it was only intention for Hebrew people. It was intention that the Hebrew people share it with the world and that we all become one with the Hebrew people in service unto God. But now how you get that done and to what extent or degree that the Hebrew people even were representative of God or you could say their house and once more King David, his house as with the, the tribes Even his house, Judah, was not in order. David confesses that. Although my house is not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things, and be sure and sure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he maketh it not to grow." So, allowing me to kind of generalize then. We're all then of the house of God. God has established and set humankind to be the highest order, at least on planet Earth, as much we would know, and therein have dominion over everything else, but not each other. Because when you get to that place, and I'm okay with that, I understand that though as a Christian. I understand that not only in the Old Testament where I am not a Hebrew, I'm not of the house of Israel, would not claim that. But in New Testament, I am of the house of Christ, of Jesus The king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, my savior. Now, David was Old Testament. Jesus is New Testament. Of course, there is no one comparable in human regard in the New Testament to Jesus, the Christ. So, as much as there may have been David, or one might make an argument or case for another of those iconic sort of figures in the Old Testament... Jesus stands out, possibly you could say all of those of the Old Testament were part of bringing to fruition the acknowledgement, at least in human terms, the representation, our acknowledgement of Jesus as the Christ, our coming to that awareness. But unfortunately, it wasn't done so out of, oh, this is perfection, and don't move far from it. It was, this is imperfection. And what are we learning? (laughs) What are we learning about God? What is God revealing to us in Old Testament? What is God revealing to us through all of these individuals, the story of their life that make up the house of Israel, so that I don't have to go through all of that again? But there are many in this world that do not see it quite that way and come to that awareness and realization, acceptance of Jesus as Lord and Savior, and not get hung up on... (laughs) 
identity politics. Um, making it, well, why Israel? Why not me? Or why not a Gentile? Why? Because God chose to distribute, but he didn't do that so that the Hebrew people would necessarily lord over us or have dominion over us, being the Gentiles, not of the house of Israel. He did that so that we might know, even as I'm testifying. That's my testimony. I know who Jesus is. I've come to accept him as my Lord and Savior. And it does not bother me that he is a Hebrew. It does not bother me that he is an Israelite. It does not bother me that he is of the house of Israel. It does not bother me that he is of the house of Judah. It does not bother me that it wasn't my house. It does not bother me in the least bit because I recognize him as more than a tribe. More than a people. More than a label more than an identity that is of genealogy, of particular ethnic, or even as we might say, racial sort of dimension. That doesn't bother me because Jesus is the Christ and I am now a member of his house. It's my best opportunity, best representation with this opportunity. To kind of let everybody know. It should not be that we should be a divided house. And that's exactly what David's house was. A divided house. Now what brought about that division? One, as we've already acknowledged, it's Old Testament. Two, because it's Old Testament and we know the advent of Christ is really more New Testament... And three, David, though he did not know Jesus directly, at least knew enough to know what he had wasn't the end. His salvation was not going to come from any of those kind of physical, not only kind of, literally physical manifestations. But he also appreciated, though, it was not God's intention to destroy his house entirely because it was part of whatever would be necessary to bring about the Christ, the coming of the Christ. Because it was the Hebrew people. It wasn't that God was saying they were better than the rest of the world. It was saying that God had chosen them, my best understanding, to deliver unto the world the Savior. But the Savior is not bound to the Hebrew people. And anybody who thinks that unfortunately, is going to get caught up in the very thing that created problems in David's house and why he was not the Christ. Because David was fighting with everybody, even within his own house. And where the blood, so to speak, uh, that preempted him from being Christ as he shed blood, came to rest upon his hands or his head? Was it Uriah? Was it even Goliath? Uh, though with Goliath, we would say, oh yes, at least in biblical contest, that was the right thing to do because <laughs> the Philistines would have otherwise conquered the Hebrew people and God would not have been able to deliver unto the world Christ, at least as his intention was through the Israelites, the Hebrew people, the word of God as presented certainly to uh, Moses, uh, and with that then the ability for him to ca- 
capture all of that uh, within the Pentateuch, the first five books of, or Tuch, the first five books, whichever way you prefer to pronounce it, of the Old Testament to demonstrate the lineage. It's hard to imagine the Philistines doing that. Were they bad or were they evil? That's a little different. Because <laughs> again, I love good overcoming evil. I love right overcoming wrong. I love truth. And, and again, the Bible is my reference. But if the Bible teaches me anything, it's that David's house was not ever in order. Where it became disordered is not really entirely clear. Maybe until Jesus, there was never a hope for any human house or the house of humanity to be in any way, shape, or form ordered sufficient to meet the highest order, so to speak, of God, which is don't kill one another. That's the highest order, folks. Don't kill one another. And by the way, don't kill yourself. I know that sounds way too simplistic, but it really comes down to that. There should be no blood on your hands. If anything, if you were to lay down your life, do it in, again, the name of Jesus, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the mind of Christ, according to the call of God, the Holy Spirit, and be resurrected. Otherwise, even as David was acknowledging, There's no salvation in kill or be killed. There's no salvation in that kind of struggle. And what got me thinking about all this was going back to, or as I might on the podcast today, go back to 1 Samuel, excuse me, 2 Samuel 12, 13, somewhere along there, maybe 14, where we meet Absalom and Absalom at the gate and he stole the kingdom from David and David didn't want Absalom killed. But Absalom was killed, and when Absalom was killed, of course, by that point, he was killed because he'd already deposed David, so to speak, because he had stolen the kingdom by sitting at the gate, and as good politicians do, promising the world, and that he would have done this, and he would have done that, and David didn't really get a chance. David sort of allowed that to happen. But David did not even get a chance to defend himself. And, of course, David is a man after God's own heart. So as much as there's blood in his hands, there's also forgiveness. And David certainly knew how to repent. And David understood that judgment was not of human dimension. It had to be as I tried to so eloquently. (laughs) It's a hard word to come out of my mouth even when it comes out of my mouth. As would be the reference anything I then might say. But I can't pass that judgment. Uh, It's not mine. I want right to overcome wrong. I want good to overcome evil. I want truth to win over lies and deceptions. But I am so, in my humanity alone, incapable, even as David was incapable, even as eventually Solomon became incapable and incompetent, to rightly judge because... (laughs) Nobody can just do that out of the flesh. Even with the word. Even with the compass set to the north star. Even with the foundation the Bible gives. In the counseling session, I am not the judge. 
I cannot pass judgment. Now, you can argue, well, Solomon did. And there are times when I really feel like that I am part of God's judging. But he's not judging in condemnation as with counseling. None of the counseling should ever be condemnation. No, no going to church. No reading the word even. Even if it's pointing out a mistake and an error. Even if it's highlighting the most obvious of mistakes and errors. You don't know Jesus. You've not accepted him as Lord and Savior. And thus you're not operating out of the right judge or truth of right versus wrong, good versus evil of the Holy Spirit. And that's really only God that could do that as would be in the Holy Spirit, as would be then manifesting Christ, as would be then what is the gospel? Submit to God. David knew that. He just didn't know how to do that. And in this passage that I read, it's a little disheartening because as I've gone through all of that with Absalom, and I'm looking for rights and wrongs in all of that, Absalom was killed. David didn't want Absalom killed. Joab did the killing. There was a lot of lying, cheating, and stealing. There was a lot of trickery and conniving. Did it go back to... (laughs) Absalom having then, for the sake of, I think it was Tamar, his sister avenged, where another one of the house of David, another brother, had slept with her inappropriately. So it just, you can't go back and find the beginning. It's just impossible. And that's the point. The only thing we can do is trust that God knows again the end from the beginning and that God has an intention and purpose and that all of this stuff of right and wrong, good and evil, truth and lies if left to human discernment nobody would figure it out and all we'd have is a divided house which is really all David had and though he did keep it together it was kept together for the purposes I am sure again of deliverance of Christ but by the time Jesus came here the house was together but it certainly wasn't united and it certainly wasn't of not only as with a singular thought a kingdom a thought of a singular kingdom in mind the house of David but even the house of humanity God wants to bring us all together that's Jesus But he does that under Christ. He does that with Jesus and his kingdom. But it's still not there yet. Even with Jesus' advent. Because the necessity of forgiveness. And if there is anything overcoming evil. Or if there's anything evil. The only thing that overcomes it. Is don't kill one another. You can't. It's wrong. Even if you think you're right and you get to the point of killing someone else, either in some murderous sort of fashion where you actually literally take their life from them, or just your thoughts, your domination, your control of them seems to be righteous indignation, seems to be justified. It's not. Except it would be anointed of God. And even then, if it's anointed of God or called of God, It would be instrumental, but only God could bring that about. David was a man of war. (laughs) Yes, it was righteous. And yes, there's a certain degree of righteousness that covers the actions of David. 
But now that we have Jesus, now that we have the New Testament, now that we know how to allow God to have rightful domain, dominion, through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, as accepting Jesus as the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, as our Lord and Savior, we've got no justification for blood being on our hands. It's a finished work in Jesus. But even Jesus was murdered. <laughs> he laid down his life. They, they tried to take his life. The intention of everyone, I believe, that is human, would be such to end at a point where you're going to kill the righteous, <laughs> the only righteous lamb of God. The only righteous human. Uh, though he was not only human, he was God in the flesh had humanity, that's exactly where we are going to end up if we don't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's why I have no problem with him being Lord and Savior. I don't want to out of myself because I can't. I am not God. I have Christ in me. I can operate in that discernment. And as I was saying a few moments ago, that comes out in the counseling sessions as a word or as with discernment or an anointed word, an anointed word of something that the Holy Spirit gives. It's maybe along the lines of prophetic words. But that's really why this passage I read is prophetic. David realized Jesus had yet to come, but he was coming. And David also realized it wasn't going to come out of all of that. The fighting, the struggle, the very thing that rent the kingdom in twain, in two, that Solomon could not even in right proportion keep together because of his humanity. Although he did pray for wisdom and God gave it to him. And he did marry virtue in that sense, but he divorced it when he started to also practice, I don't know, concubines and multiple wives and of different Gentile, non-Hebrew sort of persuasions. It's corruption. It's not that they're bad or evil implicitly, except they're lesser in their either acknowledgement or awareness or acceptance of Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's why you have to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now, I can give you advice and counseling that can help, even if you're not a Christian. And with that, I can, in some ways, be like Solomon. I, that's not <laughs> it's eloquence again. That's not sounding right coming out of my mouth because I don't think I'm Solomon. I don't think I'm Jesus. But I do believe in the Holy Spirit as alive within me because of Christ, which is the promise of God, as with accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit who then makes all those judgments for us. The Holy Spirit thus is the voice of Christ speaking to us from the throne of our heart. And with that, even in human dimensions, the highest order of reference for what's right, what's wrong, what's truth, what's lies, what's good, what's evil. But if you don't know Jesus, you can't lead. That's what David's saying. I'm going to read it once more. Now these are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of God of Jacob, of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, 
The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spoke to me. He who ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as a tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house is not so with God, yet he hath made me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he maketh it not to grow. But the worthless men shall be all of them as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man who shall touch them must be armed with iron and the staff of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place. But David wasn't even talking about Israel. David was talking about, on a very personal level, himself. He needed Jesus. He needed the Spirit of the Lord. He needed the Holy Spirit. He needed the Word of God as with the sword. He needed to realize it was not in a physical manifestation that there would be blood. And it's certainly not based on his judgment of right versus wrong, but God's. But I need to say this clearly. In the end, God will have a judgment. In the end, not only will there be a requirement of your flesh, (laughs) it is all unto all men to die at least once. But you don't have to die a second time if you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you submit to that, His reign, His rule, His dominion now... If we understand this is not of ourselves, but of Christ in us, as with Holy Spirit speaking to us from the heart, Jesus helping us with making the decisions and choices, we should never raise up arms against one another. We should trust that God has righteousness in his hands alone. And it was righteous that Jesus would then lay down his life, even as we're called to, and not fight, not rebel, at least not in physical dimensions, because you're not going to win. Everybody dies physically. There's no win in that. The win is, though, in the righteousness of the Holy Spirit, of God's love. The win is in the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The win is that you would not be so preoccupied with right and wrong, unfortunately. Because I like all those stories. I like the narratives. I like the right to win. I like good over evil. Now, I'm not saying let's celebrate evil overcoming good. I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place where we have to highlight righteousness so that those that are lost can see that. I just don't think it's anything but Jesus. If you're selling anything, if you're writing any stories about anything, if any of those come to any measure of murder, either in literal terms, even justifiably so, as with wars (laughs) or arguments with your neighbor, global wars, 
arguments with your neighbor, shooting them, killing them, another person. Either in physical dimension or even so, not really doing that, but trying to destroy their culture, destroy who they are, destroy their thoughts, dumb them down. (laughs) You're doing the devil stuff. That's the only way the devil could exalt himself is to attempt to try to destroy you. And in that, Christ. And that's exactly what he did with Jesus. But he didn't win. But the only win is when we realize or understand. It's not raising a sword. David was understanding. It's not the sword. Although it was instrumental to the end, I believe that God, again, knowing the end from the beginning, God had called us all to in Christ Jesus. Even David in prophetic dimensions knew there was going to be a Christ that came, that would come, that would come, that came for us, and would be the only way to establishing righteousness. Only way to justification, atonement of sin, of anybody that is human. It just doesn't happen. So, my counsel wouldn't be, as you come and see me, or someone who works with me, Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. It's not going to be, how do you win? It's not even going to be, how do you trick? How do you manipulate? How do you con? How do you work to hold the kingdom together? How do you have to work to sort of make it with your next door neighbor? How do you resist the temptation to take up arms? It's going to be about how do you operate out of the Holy Spirit and let God make those discernments and judgments as to what to do. But it only comes from truly a man after God's own heart. David was after God's own heart. But because Jesus had yet to come, David was not sanctified out of his flesh. (laughs) And even so us. It's through the cloak of righteousness that Christ provides. But David knew until Jesus manifest himself, that there was not going to be even that afforded anyone. And I think that's the great lament for David, was there was no immediate answer to his problem until God delivered us the Christ, Jesus, so that we might then be saved, so we might be justified or sanctified, even in our humanity, so that we might serve not only a godly purpose, of just that, preparing one to receive Jesus, we're all born into the concept of original sin. There is none righteous. All are of that humanity, which then is corruption. And with that, at enmity, genuinely so, with God and Christ, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But not only receiving Christ as the Lord and Savior, regardless of his identity in human terms, but we then become ambassadors of Christ because we now understand. I can't operate out of the flesh, and I can't go around trying to harm. I need to encourage, support, build up the people of God. Houses divided cannot stand. That's the advice that I usually give. (laughs) 
usually I do give. The usual part is not only do I give it, usually there's a bit of resistance. But as much as I give it, I give it in fullest measure that can be received. The hope is that it'll be received. <laughs> but isn't that salvation? And though I may not have the privilege because the individual I'm speaking to may not be yet ready to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, but I can at least encourage and help them understand. Killing yourself and killing one another doesn't work. Should you appreciate that message? Should you be willing to lay down your life in that manner, not for another, but for the sake of Christ, so that you might then, in that same way as Jesus, be the atonement for sin in Christ and lay down your life in that manner then for others? Not only catch the podcast, but you could come see me if that would be on your heart. But if it's not on your heart, God's not leading you to see me or one of our specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling ministry, pastors, counselors, then at least come back to the podcast. And that's why I do the podcast, to continue to encourage you. (laughs) I love David, (laughs) though I recognize David is not Jesus. But more than loving David in the Old Testament and the Word of God as a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, I love Jesus because it's not just under my feet. It's not out of my flesh. It is out of my heart, but Jesus is alive in me. And that's what I want to build up in you. So, how do you reach us? 304-528-9220, covenantsonline.com, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can catch us at Covenants on Facebook. And with that, you can even catch us when it comes to uh, Covenants or the podcast on a lot of different platforms and just Google our name. What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry? And you'll find at least the podcast, and you can find a way to contact us. Uh, We're even on YouTube at Covenants. But should you not want to go any further than just the platform you're on right now, and that's affording you this opportunity to hear the podcast, then that's okay too, because we drop it every week. And you can count on that. So, until we get a chance to be together again and read out of God's Word, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want to just bless you. (laughs) Just say, be blessed in the name of Jesus, but be blessed. Not only good health in that sort of way, but spiritual health and well-being, spiritual health and wellness. So until we get a chance to meet again, thanks.